You know, one, one thing is that remember that when the first time I met you, I was treating your daughter and you were not in that place. You were in your good place. You were super dynamic. So I've seen you go from super dynamic to I don't even want to look at my phone or text anybody back to back to this. So I've seen your transition, Miss Butterfly. Welcome to the Create Happy Now podcast, dedicated to helping you start your journey to discover true happiness. Join me, your host, Susan Blanton, weekly as we explore the transformation stories and words of wisdom from our masters of happiness with tips you can start applying today to create happy now. Hey, this is Susan Blanton with the Create Happy Now podcast, and we are back. I know it's been quite a bit since I uploaded a podcast. Um, it has been, I think, since last July, so almost a year. And I do want to come back on with um, apology for being away, but I was suffering from a virus, not COVID. Uh, but it is a virus that has been around for quite some time and has kind of been not really diagnosed properly. And a lot of people are suffering with it and not know it and not being treated appropriately. And so I, my first guest is my favorite doctor who has been uh, my doctor for many years and of course I go to him when I was desperate last year uh, I did not know what was wrong with me I thought I was depressed I didn't know why I was depressed I'm a happiness coach I have a podcast called create happy now why was I depressed I did not feel well um, it, and I wasn't sick like the flu. I just wanted to crawl up into a ball and not wake up. And so I called him. I knew this had to be something physical. And so I had full trust in Dr. Sloan, who is my next guest. And uh, before I uh, bring him on, I would like for you to hear a little bit about him and um, and then we will get on with the show. Dr. Max Sloan has dedicated over 22 years of clinical care in the areas of immunology, oncology, infectious disease, and chronically ill patients that have no results from conventional care. Dr. Sloan is considered a pioneer in the field of functional integrative medicine. He founded the Genesis Center and heads the clinical department with his expert team and faculty of healthcare practitioners. He has excellent results in these areas due to the continuous research and dedication to use the most up-to-date technology, laboratory tests, and treatments from the USA and around the world. Certified by RGCC, an International Cancer Research and Treatment Laboratory, he is able to provide the most innovative tests and treatments in the field of cancer immune therapies, curative Lyme disease treatment, and other chronic infections that plague the human body. The Genesis Center has been completely driven by patient testimonies from around the globe. Dr. Sloan's number one rule is, God made the body perfect. He did not make it to fail. 
With this in mind, it changes rules of engagement when assessing the human body and disease. My job is to analyze the body through complete and thorough laboratory testing and to determine what the human body is trying to tell us through its defense mechanisms of healing our body through God's divine wisdom. There is no disease, only human potential for correction. And that's just so powerful. It's so true. And that's why I have come to you for so many different things. And obviously when, um, I was feeling the way I did uh, back in January of 2021. Um, I was like, I, I, I have to see you. Um, of course, you're a very per- busy person and it's hard to get into you. <laughs> it took me a oh, month no. to get in. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I wanted to kind of start off by, you know, I, I have a lot of other um, podcasts, um, prior to this explaining some of the things that I have been going through, but I wanted to kind of go over initially, um, what I was dealing with, um, at the time, um, prior to January of last year, uh, you know, my podcast was going great. Everything was going swimmingly. I didn't have anything to be depressed about. Um, to be upset about. And, and this is what um, uh, came down for me. I just all of a sudden just didn't feel myself. I, I, I just want to lay on the couch and I welcomed to never wake up. Um, I just didn't have the energy to do anything. I could, I didn't even have the, the energy to imagine how to do the things that you used to do or how other people do it. Um, so I'm going to read a little excerpt from my journal. It's a, it's a, um, online journal. So, um, I'm going to read a little bit from that and then, um, you know, how I came to, uh, see you and then we can kind of talk about what, what you did to discover what was wrong. Um, and, and I had full faith in you. And I think that has a lot to do with it too. It you know, you, you have to have faith and you have to set the intention that you're going to figure it out and, and, and create the best version of yourself. And, and I was ready to give up. I was ready to just, you know, hang in the towel. I wasn't suicidal, but <clears throat> I was, I was, I didn't care. I didn't care about anybody. I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to close my eyes and forget it all, you know? So here's uh, what I was saying. Um, This is January 17th. So where did I go? I sit here looking at all my friends showing such freedom in their expression. I'm trying to smile yet feel like a fraud. I can't express emotion without feeling it as if from a memory but mostly I feel pain, but afraid to express it for fear of attracting more pain. My head explodes with white noise and it's deafening and silence. I crave to just listen to anything to mitigate the tendency to feel I might go crazy. I had tinnitus really bad. That came on um, with a vengeance right away. Um, That's part of the process. 
I drowned my mind in uplifting TV shows. I was just trying to do anything to lift myself out of it. I feel like I'm losing, losing confidence and being my former self of diminishing that woman that she may not come back. That the feeling of overwhelm may be my natural state. And my logic tries to talk me out of it and distraction helps, but my identity feels it's waning as a mother, manager, and lover. Um, how did I get to this place when I was flying high only months ago? I was at, at a point I felt like I had all the answers to be emotionally strong, to enjoy, to love, to give, to support, to be creative and enthusiastic in the next thing, to network, to create, to now just wondering how I can muster up the energy to act normal, to show support, love, wisdom, and guidance when I have no idea if I can keep it up for one more minute. It's all coming from memory, but not coming out authentically. It's not coming from my soul. It's as if I'm a hologram mimicking my former self and the connection is weak and will fade and hopefully no one will see until I get a good connection again. I need help, but I don't know what to ask for. I have never felt this way before and wouldn't wish this on anyone. I worry I will not be able to continue making a living and the demands of my current work status nor find another position of equal or more pay as most jobs of that caliber expect more. And my mental abilities feel weakened as if I can't take on much more. I could handle so much not too long ago. It felt amazing and exciting and it tires me to think about it. It's as if I don't know that person anymore. Yeah, and, that, is, that, that is a person that you don't know because it's a place that you've never been before. Right. I mean, it's like you just, it's almost like an out of body experience. Like yeah. you, you just, your former person just died and now you're what, you know, like yeah. you're just nothing. When you, when you describe it emotionally, I can describe it almost like a, you know, in a medical chemical sense, because that's called depersonalization, mm -hmm. you know, and that you feel, you feel like you're not connected anymore. You feel not, like you're not grounded. You feel like you're not in the moment. You feel like you don't have that peace to just sit and be into people. Um, I know it. I've been through concussions and I've been through Lyme and stuff like that too, but that's a, that's a feeling. And, and you're, since you're like a little bit more supernatural and you have that, you know, that feeling that you like, it's like an elite athlete. They know how they feel when they're really, really good. Yeah. And then bad for them is really bad because your contrast your, is your baseline is really high. So and when you, when you hit the bottom, I mean, fortunate for you, it wasn't 20 or 30 years worth of it. And that's what I typically see is like long-term, long-term illness. And you, you could only imagine how much they've drowned themselves in their own um, illness and their identity is just completely gone. Right. And, you know, so I, the thing is I was searching, you know, here I am a happiness coach, life coach. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to get, use these tools to get back to where I was. And I, I didn't have the energy to do that. Um, and, and the thing is, I was like searching, like, why am I feeling this way? Um, I, I didn't feel sick. Like you were like sick, sick, you know? So, yeah. you know, I didn't, yeah. it wasn't like a, an acute illness that I could put my finger on. And, and I was like, oh, 
Um, I, it's not like I was depressed about anything. Everything in my life was going amazing. I, I had everything to be happy for. Um, and so like, why, how did I find myself here? It's just feeling like you feel like you're going to die, but you don't know why. And you can't really explain how bad you feel because it's hard to put your finger on. And, and, it's, no, it's and people the, look at it, you going, what's wrong with you? You're like, you look fine. You look great. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and I didn't want to scare anybody because I didn't, I was on, on the side of not caring about myself. I didn't care about anybody, but I had enough logic to go, I'm a mother and I am a partner. I'm all these things and they need me. Um, and I had enough of that to go, all right, this, this is not normal this is not real. I have to fix this and I have to fix it for them because they need me. Right. They'll make life even worse if I can't be there for them. So what do you, what do you think, what do you think was your trigger from the way I met you and the way you are now, when I met you, you're like this to that place when I, I saw you that time and you were just like, I, I can't move. I can't go on. I'm, I can't find my happy. I, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. This is a new feeling for me. Was there any kind of trigger or any kind of sickness that, that put you there? Um, you, you mean what kind of made me decide to, to figure it out and get better? And you know, like what, what, what triggered, was there any trigger that went, that, that made your body or mind go from happy to, I can't find that. Like what would I, you know, I don't know. Um, Stress. I think I was just, I, I was, um, I was flying high on so many different things. Um, I had my podcast was at the time uh, very high ranked and I was so excited about that and just enjoying a weekly um, meeting new people and guests and just, uh, you know, riding that ride. Um, you know, my personal life, everything was going swimmingly. Um, we had just had Christmas and it was a great Christmas. Um, I, you know, it, I know that I don't think I was, I don't think I was able to go home that Christmas because it was toward the end of COVID. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, it takes, I don't know. It doesn't take much to like my patients can feel really, really good in life. And then it takes some stress or, or if you get sick with some illness and especially these days after COVID and vaccines and patients are having an immune deficiency syndromes from those. And um, I'm looking at your lab now because your Epstein-Barr was reactivated. So EBV always lives in us and it can reactivate it at any time your titer was high at six, it should be less than three. Um, so that's, that kind of sneaks up on you. All of a sudden you just feel so run down, you can't move. Well, I think, you know, in 2016, um, I, I turned 50, I'm giving it away. Um, and it felt like, oh, well, now this is what 50 feels like. I mean, just, I came to you for um, some things that were uh, going wrong at that time. I wasn't feeling bad mentally, but 
I had inflammation. I had the frozen shoulder. I had plantar fasciitis. I was having this stuff going on and I'm like, gosh, I'm falling apart. You know, it's all, it's all inflammatory. It's all part of the same picture. It's all, it's all goes, it all goes back to the same few things for each patient, no matter what the symptoms come out as. But, and I yeah. thought maybe it was menopause, but they also heard that menopause can be like Epstein-Barr can kind of come on like menopausal symptoms too. Um, mm. But, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, maybe it's that, I don't know. Um, but I didn't really have the depression where I had like zapped of complete energy um, until uh, January of 21. And I, I probably wasn't, um, I don't know. I was just kind of on the heels of holiday eating, you know, um, not that I go nuts or crazy, but, um, you know, just like anybody else, um, I am more of a clean eater. Most of the time I try, um, um, you know, I'm more of a social, um, indulger than just at home. Um, you know, as far as like eating cakes and pies or anything like that, I just don't have them at home. Um, but you know, with, uh, mm-hmm. Christmas and cookies and, um, I'm got a weakness for cookies. So if they're in the house, it, you know, they won't rest until they're gone, <laughs> but I know my weaknesses, but, um, you know, it's a holiday. So you just kind of like, you know, let your hair down and you just kind of, you know, just like everybody else, you know, you just want to partake yeah. in the festivities and eat what yeah. you want to. And, um, not cause I was feeding my feelings or anything, but you know, I don't know. I think I just had lots on my plate at the time. And I am that kind of person. Let's see, let's see, can I put another plate up there and start spinning? Oh, I yeah. try that. I'm going to add another plate, you know, and it's things that I just enjoy. Um, so I don't know, maybe I just put too much on my plate. Um, th- that's the only thing that I can think of. And I it's think just, that's how it can be sneaky, you know, yeah, it's the same story for everybody. And the story goes like this you start to feel bad, like, like you did. So you go to your primary care and they rent labs and they say, everything looks just fine. So, oh, if you're fatigued and you can't get going, you have no, no motivation, then you must be depressed. So here's your antidepressant. And that's all the, all, that's all the conventional system has to offer for, for you. And, and all, all that does is make you numb. I mean, they, they may work, but they make you numb over time, especially you just don't, don't feel yourself. Well, and that's what happened. Um you know, because, you know, you're so popular that, um, I couldn't get into you until like, I think February. And so I, I went to my cardiologist, um, because I have micro valve prolapse. And so I've got to get that in check, you know, to make sure it's okay. And I have heart palpitations and I was having those. And so I thought, well, maybe that it's that, you know, maybe there's something with my heart going on. I don't know, but I had to rule that out. So I, I was able to get in to see him. And of course he was like, oh, you're just burnt out here. Have, um, have some Wellbutrin and <laughs> here's something for your heart palpitations and have a nice right. day. And so I was like, okay, I still feel like crap. I mean, Wellbutrin, everything. I still, I, I lay on the couch and watch TV and then I would just get up and do the things that I had to do and I had to work. Luckily I worked from home and at the time I had a great staff. So it was easier at that time, 
but that's all I could do. I mean, I don't want to talk to anybody. I, I, I made my podcast be once a month and I put on a smile for an hour. And after that, I would be done for the day. I mean, I just faked it. I faked myself in front of everybody else. So nobody would know what I was suffering with underneath. And, you know, I would just muster up the energy, get on, put on a happy face, be all happy. And just, you know, afterwards, like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, a lot, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort to perform when you don't feel good inside. Yeah. But when you, when you feel that way, um, it, it takes so much more energy out of you to be, try to be the person that you think you should be. And, and you can't People achieve expect that. you to be. <laughs> yeah. And you can't achieve that all the time. Um, and then when you fall off that baseline, then you just feel like you hit a, hit a wall. But you know, with your with your dog there, you know that that's where everybody stops. That's where that's that's all the system does. And you can't just. There comes a time when you can push through it and push through it and push through it, and then all of a sudden you can't push through it, and then you get really, really, really low, and that's a hard point. It's a hard place to be. And and the thing is, is like when you're like, well, I you're not physically apparently sick to anybody. And though, so they're like, what's wrong with you? And you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm depressed or something, you know, but you don't know. Like, I just don't feel like right. doing anything. Right. And they're like, well, you depressed. What are you depressed about? You have nothing to be depressed about. Like, I know yeah. so it's not depression. It's chronic fatigue. Right. <laughs> I've never, I've never met an energetic depressed patient. <laughs> <laughs> So right. we bring back life and vitality and you feel good. Um, you can still have events in your life that are depression events, but when you feel good about it, it's just a season. It's not forever. But right. when I tested you, I knew exactly why you felt that way. <laughs> well, I think you, you knew when you saw me, you had suspicions of what was wrong before you even tested me. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you have experienced it yourself, right? I have. I've been through it. I've been, uh, fortunately, I've probably been through everything that my patients have gone through um, from the emotional side to the, to Lyme disease and um, co-infections like Bartonella, which is one of the things that you had and Bartonella really, really affects you mentally. And it's a, uh, it's a, it's a bacteria that really affects your neurological system. And you, you just can't make yourself better when you have infections that are affecting your nervous system. You can try real hard, but that's going to end up, just going to end up burned out. Well, can you talk about some of these other, uh, like, like Lyme and Bartonella that kind of pair up with Epstein-Barr that I had at the same time and some people have them at the same time um, that... You know, just kind of walk us through what is going lingering in our bodies. Where did that come from? And then how does it erupt? Sure. So we have, um, we're, when we're born, we continuously are affected by viruses. Viruses are what keep our immune system strong. Um, we, we have hundreds of viruses in the human body. They are innate to us. They're, they're put there to keep our immune system on the fence and, and make it strong. Um, Epstein-Barr, we typically get when we're teenagers or in college. 
Um, 95% of my patients have had it. If you haven't had it, I'm kind of surprised. And um, uh, for the most part, um, physicians, conventional physicians don't test for it properly because our normal labs like LabCorp and Quest, they only check three antibodies and we know better than that. Um, we can always see if you've ever had it because you hold antibodies to viruses forever. If you've ever had any virus, I can still see it. So when we check for Coxsackie parvovirus, um, HHV viruses one through eight, we've all had them. So they're not supposed to goof up. Our immune system is supposed to be strong enough to be on guard to, to keep those viruses at bay. But when you go through the stress or you go through an illness or you go through chronic stress, uh, emotional sp stress, spiritual stress, doesn't matter, then it, it's really easy for EBV to come back up. Now, if EBV reactivates, so are other viruses reactivating. So it's not just one. So when I see like, for, for example, when you started feeling about in January, in April, I tested you and your EBV titer, I can see that you've had it like everybody else. It should be less than three and it was at 6.24. Um, and that means it's reactivated and that's probably the primary thing, but there are deeper underlying illnesses that create Epstein-Barr to not have um, its reactivation. And that's why I test for Lyme disease and I test for Lyme properly because I'm gonna make sure I'll run the right labs for everybody. Um, Lyme was fairly clear for you, I think, but yeah. Um, but on this test, you had a positive for Bartonella. And Bartonella is a bacteria that we get from ticks, fleas, mosquitoes, ticks. Cat scratches. Cat scratch, it's cat scratch fever, technically. And um, cats carry this bacteria. So many people had, I've had it myself. But it's, it's so neurological that even um, Tommy Hilfiger's daughter, you know, the designer. Yeah. She, she was in Cape Cod at the beach and she got a bit by a few sand fleas and she ended up with Lyme and Bartonella oh and she, gosh. she went so psychologically out of it that they institutionalized her until a doctor went hey um I think you have Bartonella here's here's some antibiotic go home um and for my patients the ones that have the most rage and mood disorders um it's, it's Bartonella so it's um it's a really interesting bacteria, but if you don't test for these things properly, then you're not going to find them. And then you're just going to be falling through the cracks. And I felt a little bit more grumpier than normal. <laughs> so I'm not going to call it grumpy, but you know, not you myself in that way. No What's that? When you don't feel good, you have no tolerance. Right. That's true too. Your bucket is full. So you have no boundaries in there. So everything's just right there. Any little thing can flow the bucket over and you're going to you're going to have emotions. Well, you know, the thing is, is that when I had um, mono, when I was 16, uh, they were like, oh, you'll never get this again. And uh, are they talking about the acute part of it or right. yeah. the, like the sore throat? And I mean, I got right. the tired part, but yeah. the, the sore throat, which is the worst sore throat you could ever imagine in your life. Um and I, mine was so bad. I had my spleen removed. Can you guys, can you explain oh like why? Guys, 
Yeah. Hey, so they remove your immune system so you don't react to the virus. Oh, that's a smart thing to do. Well, it was it was, it was 12 inches by six inches and it weighed was, two it pounds. Was, it, was, it was enlarged if they would have just get, given you antivirals. So your spleen mm -hmm. enlarged because your body's trying to defend you. And when it enlarges, you make more white blood cell capacity to go fight the bug. So, you know, our system is great. Well, at the time they thought I had, um, I, um, it was, they thought I had a blood disorder um, uh, instead. They thought that I contracted mono at the hospital uh, because I had five blood transfusions. That's possible, that's possible. Um, yeah, if you if you need blood transfusions, I would think that you have some hematology issues as well. Um, that's interesting. That's that's definitely not common with with the mononucleosis infection, um, but everybody's different, you know. Yeah, I came down with it in the hospital. The acute part, I had the sore throat in the hospital. Uh, I was laying there with a tube up my nose, down my throat after surgery, um, because they had to pump my stomach um, after surgery because. Uh, I, I had an incision from my belly button to my sternum um, to remove the spleen because it literally was like the size of a football. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, trying, to, it's trying to defend you. It, it would have been okay if they would have just treated you properly. But, our, but they, our thought, they, they thought that it was, uh, well, they didn't know I had mono until after I had my spleen out. So they didn't think it was a virus ahead of time they thought it was the uh, hemochrom no not hemochromatosis what it was it um uh i'm going blank <laughs> polycythemia no it's it's kind of like it, it's a it's a blood disorder for for north america a uh, north european descent um i'll think of it in a minute but um it's where your cell you probably know if i can describe it so your cells are more like shaped like an M&M rather than a, like a donut, you know, um, kind of like how sickle cell is, but it's not sickle cell. It's a, it's a different, it's a different, same different, um, where your, your, your spleen will filter out good blood cells. Well, your spleen was just trying to do its job. I mean, it's, it's not uncommon to get in a large spleen with mono because, you know, in, in, for teenagers, if you get mono, they don't want you to play football or contact sports because it may yeah. interrupt that. So, I mean, that's a normal process. But So they thought that's um, what it was. I don't think um, it was. I was probably having mono the entire time um, and then just came to a head after my surgery. Yeah. But um, so, so then... Um, I just was sick a lot. I was sick a lot afterwards. Um, uh, I had to take an antiphylactic antibiotic for yeah, sure, a long sure. time. And, you know, I mean, it's just every time I turned around, I was getting uh, sick. And until finally, I just decided I'm tired of getting sick. I don't have time for this. And I went eight years without being sick. Yeah. So you can really set an intention to get well, um, which I thought was really profound. Right. Um, and, and I didn't really purposely, I was just like, ah, you know what? I'm just going to have time for this. And I just like said to myself, I don't get sick anymore. I don't get sick anymore. I don't get sick anymore. And I didn't. 
Well, the, difference, uh, and, the, the difference in you and other people is that you you were set up with a mindset to heal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a lot of patients don't have that mindset. And so when they get sick, they just assume a different identity and their illness becomes their their ego and they don't know what to do without their illness. And that's a hard place to be. We can we can test properly and we can remove pathogens and we can detoxify. I can use neurotransmitters. I can use things to help your brain feel better. Um, yeah. have natural supplements that improve dopamine and serotonin and things like that. But if you have these underlying infections, it, it affects blood flow and ischemia and it creates these blood disorders. It creates autoimmune disease. It creates all these things. So um, it's hard to think yourself through that when you have those underlying factors. But um, you're, you're different because you already have that mindset that you can heal. And a lot of patients, they don't, they don't have that. They get sick and they just, so that's one of the things that we try to work on or we're trying to find ways to work on them is getting their mind right and setting up a system of healing mentally before they even come into the door. Because I'll, I want a patient that's ready to heal and ready to receive that energy. And I mean, what, I think one of the, one of the biggest, the biggest thing for, for illness is, is making sure you stay grateful because if you're, you're not grateful, then you're not giving and the, and the energy just gets stagnant and you can't flow and um, illness just breeds in that stagnation of, of I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Um, but you already, you already had that mindset. So it was, I knew when you came in and we sat down to talk about this stuff that it was going to be fine. I knew that because you have that, that mindset. Well, I remember sitting right across from you in your office and I said, I want to create the best version of myself. And, and you jumped right on board with that. You're like, you will on my watch. <laughs> um, and it, it's because we were going to co-create my healing, you know, I mean, the patient is as much a part of it as absolutely practitioner and the treatment itself and, and being, um, you know, a, a champion for your body absolutely. and, and, you know, I, I just, I had so many things to do. I had, I had places to go and people to see, and I couldn't do that in the state I was. And, um, you know, it, it, it just taken me off my path and I wanted back on that path as, right. as soon as I could. Um, but I had to be patient and I had to, you know, I mean, there were times where, I mean, I didn't, I don't think I cleaned my kitchen floor until May. And that sounds gross, but um, <laughs> no, I mean, but, you just don't have the energy. You don't have the motivation that you, you, you want to do. There's a difference in, in mental motivation and physical motivation. You can feel like you need to do things and, and know what you need to do, but you kind of just don't. Yeah. And, Damn. and I, um, and then when another thing I wanted to get into was, um, the heavy metal detox, I know you had originally told me about that when we first met that. Um, when we going over my, my records that, um, not, well, you wanted me to get tested for it. And I was like, I don't know. Like I didn't, I, and it was, and it wasn't cheap <laughs> to do, but finally I was like, okay, you know, I, I'm going to do this. And then I also, uh, found a heavy metal detox way of eating that, um, 
I started to do before we set up um, the the testing and, right. and doing uh, the treatment in your office. And that was a, a game changer as well. Um, my energy already took a, a turn after the changing the way I was eating. It was mostly just fruits and vegetables, some sure. potatoes, and I really stayed away from inflammatory type foods. Um, and I did just for a, a couple of weeks, I felt great. And I remember at the end, I was like, I want to clean my kitchen floor on my hands and knees, every square inch. And it's not because I felt like I had to, I wanted to, I had the energy to do it. And I was like celebrating like, oh my gosh, I have the energy to do this, you know? Um, and that's, then it was like, okay, my focus is what can I do to improve my energy? And that's, that's all I thought about. And well, you, you can do that. Like you can, you can think about and do everything you want to do, but when you have Epstein-Barr that's reactivated, it's going to be really hard, really hard thing to think through. And do, even with food, mm -hmm. you have to, you have to eat right. Cause, because your body is, you know, you don't want to eat inflammatory foods cause you just make it worse, but you get to a certain level and it's still going to be that part. You just can't get to. Yeah. And it's just, it's baby steps too. It is baby steps. Cause there are times where you just don't feel like doing the, the lifestyle changes that you need to do. Um, you know, Oh, I mean, uh, my, my partner, I mean, he was like, you need to go outside in the sun. Right. <laughs> you need to yes. get, and I, I was like, I don't, I couldn't even have the energy to walk out, you know, stick my big toe out the front door into yeah. the sunlight. I just didn't want to, I didn't have the energy. So I'm like, well, you know, it probably makes sense. Maybe I should get some vitamin D. Um, you know, so I, I looked at supplements and that, that gave me a little inch more to, to help me get a little, you know, it's like your energy is just, you're just creeping it more and more and more. And, and it's, helping put that, that desire for more energy um, to, to learn how to get more energy. So um, just getting finally like, okay, my next goal is just get out of the house and get some sun. And so I just finally went out and sat on the front steps in the sun and like, Hey, I did that. Yay. And um, I'm like, maybe I should take a supplement when I got that and that helped, um, you know, just, I just tried so many things. And of course, then I, I felt a big improvement after I started your treatment. And so I was wanting to know if, you know, cause I was grasping at straws before I could see you of what I could do to just live and get through. Um, yeah, because the medical system gave you an antidepressant instead of treating you for underlying causes, but they, they don't, they don't test that ever. But, you know, another thing in that experience too, was I felt, I felt drunk. I felt like you do when you've, you've really like had a lot and I don't drink very much, but you know, I've had experiences yeah. like that. You That's know, cool. I mean, yeah. I'm a human it, it, being, um, and 
I just felt like my head was just swimming and I couldn't even, you know, I almost felt like I was going to pass out sometimes. Right. I don't know if I was, I don't know what that was. And then I had the tinnitus that was just, so you know, under, it was an orchestra in my brain. And so, so when, when you have, when you have inflammation in your nervous system and your mitochondria aren't working properly and you have infections, um, you have metals, then your, your nervous system vibrates to a different energy and that vibration in your nervous system, your ears pick it up as a sound. So it's just mm. a frequency in your nervous system that is not right. And then, and then your, your ears pick that up as a sound because your ears don't, your ears take vibrations and turn yeah. them into sounds. So tinnitus is the sign that your nervous system is inflamed and that there's about a hundred reasons you can get tinnitus, but, um, for you, I mean, your, your case was, was fairly simple for me. So we just targeted these bugs. Um, but it's, especially heavy metals, they, um, they definitely vibrate your nervous system in a different way. And your lead was about eight times over normal. My lead one time was 28 times over normal. Oh my goodness. I have, yeah. And I, I felt it. I was vibrating. I was tinnitus I, and I started my cleanse and I was like, I couldn't work for a week when I started my detox. Cause I just did it too fast. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Experiment <laughs> on my body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's things, there's things cause it. Tinnitus is just a symptom. Fatigue is a symptom. Everything, sorry. Everything is a symptom of your body trying to heal. So when you feel illness or disease, what we call illness or disease, you're actually going through a healing crisis. So can you tell me a little bit more about um, the, the heavy metals part? Um, what, like we found lead for me, but what are some other things that you see in your practice that um, people aren't aware of? They're walking around and, and it's affecting their health. Um, but, you know, there, there are things that you can do to, um, you know, cleanse. Um, can you can you talk about that? Yeah, you know, I do it on such a clinical level that that we test heavy metals properly. We actually do an IV chelator that binds to metals, a covalent bond that binds them completely. And then you collect urine for 12 hours. So I'm actually truly seeing an excretion um, of these metals. Um, if people at home want to do a metals cleanse, you have to be careful because the metal cleanse that you do at home are plant-based, which is great. Of course, I'm a naturopath. I love plants and herbs, but they, they don't create a covalent bond to having those like chlorella and, and zeolite and, and all these things that they're great. But you have to make sure you set up your detoxification pathways. Your liver needs to be open. Your phase one, phase two detoxification system needs to be open. So we set a patient up properly and then we do the test and then whatever the test shows, then we target that. So we targeted lead with you and it's, um, it's fairly simple. It's just some things you take by mouth or sometimes we do IV therapies as well. Um, so heavy metal the IV therapy yeah. and, and the, I think I did oral therapy in yeah. conjunction with that. So you have heavy metals, you have mold, you have bacterial infections, which are Lyme and co-infections, um, mycoplasmas, and then you have viruses in the EBV group. So the EBV group are all HHV viruses and they, um, they can reactivate at any time. They, they live in everybody, but when they become reactivated, everything acts up. <laughs> and you, then you got this, 
I call it a bug bucket. You've got so many things in your system that are just going crazy. And of course, the side effect is just going to make you, you're going to be fatigued and you're going to feel bad. So um, now one of the things that you treated me for were um, my digestive system and candida. Yeah, Can candida is a big, 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 big issue. Yeah. Yeah, let's um, talk about that. Candida is the nemesis of our existence. It is a pathogen that lives in the intestinal tract. We're born with it, um, but through antibiotics and sugar and lifestyle, it's very pathogenic. So our intestinal tract inside the lining has a surface area that equates to a tennis court. And we have bugs growing on that whole thing. It makes, it's our human genome. It makes us who we are. It makes our personality. It makes our character. It communicates with cells to the whole body. Your brain can't live without your gut, but your gut can live without your brain. Um, so candida is the first thing that I start with on all patients while we're waiting on tests to come back because candida makes the most brain fog. It makes us feel the most depersonalized. It makes us most inflamed. It makes us red. It makes us puffy, makes us stuffy. It creates autoimmune disease. Um, candida is a nemesis and it's not, not really addressed properly in this system. Um, because with a standard American diet, it's just rampant everywhere. Sad, sad diet. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I saw, I think probably the biggest thing that I felt as far as an improvement was my, uh, clarity, mental clarity, mm -hmm. because I did suffer from mental fogginess it was bad. I thought something was wrong with me. I yeah, was so like, that's am I getting that's, dementia or what? Um, like that's, can, that's, that's candida more than it is the, the metals or the, or the Bartonella. Um, candida in the gut, it releases chemicals that get into the bloodstream and they intercept in the neurological um, chemistries and they block the dopamine, they block the serotonin or they mimic the same thing there. And there's just no information in there. Um, so it makes you super, super moody, very depressed, um, very depersonalized, like out of body. You're not present. You're not here. And, 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 and for my young kids, their pupils will get really big and dilated because candida really? creates an endorphin that, that is a morphic reaction. So it releases a morphine type of substance that really? makes the brain be on a chemical that and you can see in the pupil dilation. And it also makes you crave more, right? Crave more, of course. It, it wants sugar. Mm -hmm. it wants, <laughs> yeah, it wants the sugar, the cakes, the cookies, the candy. And, and kids are probably more prone to it, you know? Well, well kids now these days, they're, they're, they're born with candida because of the way that we used our lifestyle. And we grew up on an antibiotic generation. I'm 51. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I was just born on antibiotics. So, and Stacey was too. So when we had our kids, they were just born with candida from the beginning and it just makes you sick and it's never treated. Like I am on a journey to help people feel like the way they're really supposed to feel, because I don't think most people have their full potential because they've always been sick and they don't even know what it feels like to be healthy. Yeah. So even someone who says, I feel pretty good they're not there. They're not there. They have these things that we test for that, that we can help even just for, just for candida. It's a simple diet change and some antifungals. 
and it kind of just brings your brain back to life. Um, so I'm on a, I'm on a journey to help people feel like they're supposed to feel like all of their emotions and all of their spirituality um, and everything that they're meant to be because the opposite is what you went through is like, oh, you don't feel like you're supposed to feel and you feel, de you feel depressed and you have fatigue. Here's your antidepressant. And then antidepressant makes you numb. That's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. I'm not yeah. trying to numb you. I'm trying to open you. I'm trying to find that place in you that really, really you wake up and like it, you go, oh, here I am. Wow, the world looks brighter. Things are easier. I have more tolerance. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel good now. You know, there's more ease and flow, and and you're not struggling. It's all about so energy. Flow. It, it 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 certainly is, and um, you know, I feel like it all still comes back to setting an intention, um, and and being patient with that journey and and celebrating along the way uh little milestones because that's what um uh, you know like you talked about appreciation and that's what i mean by celebrating you know Gratitude. appreciating um though like i i want to clean my kitchen floor i mean i was so excited that i felt like doing that i mean who does that you know but <laughs> for me when I felt like I couldn't even imagine emptying the dishwasher and filling it in the same day. I'm like, I was right. like, how do people do that? How do people do laundry and any other chore in the same day? I, yeah. I couldn't, I'm like, I know I've done this. I've cleaned the entire house before, but I couldn't even imagine how do people do that? That is so, you got to have some superhuman super strengths to do all of that. I mean, that's where I was. And I'm like, I know I've done this, but I could not, I was so low, so low. Yeah. So, so you get to see how much your brain controls your body, your, your brain and your body, your brain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can feel emotionally drained or physically drained or both or one or the other. You can feel like you want to do stuff, but you can't because this thing's controlling and you can feel like super good up here. And just this thing doesn't move. Um, a lot of people don't know the difference in those two. It just depends on how you're connected to your body and your awareness of your body. And then you beat yourself up for it, you know, yeah. because then you're thinking, oh, I'm so lazy or oh, why am I so depressed? And, um, you know, I shouldn't feel this way. And then they talk about, oh, well, you can be chemically depressed. Well, that doesn't mean you have a life sentence that well, like, something's again, going on in your Again, body. you ask yourself the question. You ask yourself this question. What am I depressed about? And if there's nothing specific to be depressed about, it's not depression. It's chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. And that's where we come in because the system is not going to have much help for you there. Um, just like you did. Your um, your journey is a you know perfect example of where, where you could have gone, Susan, is antidepressants. You feel worse. They give you another one. You feel better because they're numbing you. And then, and then you're stuck there. And that's where you are. And you're there for life. So worse. that's where, I mean, a trillion dollars a year go to antidepressants. So we have a whole <laughs> many, many, many millions of Americans walking around numb that aren't fulfilling their potential because they're just not treated correctly. 
Well, another thing too is that there are other things like what multiple sclerosis and cancers that can start to uh, yeah. come out because they haven't been addressed um, yeah. with this the things virus. That we talked about candida viruses is three buckets, fungal bucket, bacteria bucket, and viral bucket. There's three, there's three buckets of bugs can cause all these autoimmune diseases, um, especially Lyme, because it's never tested properly in the conventional system. Um, and it causes, according to Alan McDonald, who's a Harvard professor for 30 years, 80% of Alzheimer's have spirochetes in their brain when he dissects their brain. Um, so these, these infections create all of our autoimmune diseases. So what I wanted to kind of go through was what are some of the treatments that uh, you, you offer for, um, you know, kind of getting to where, you know, like you, you treated me and you've got other patients that are going along similar paths. What are some of the things that you use that maybe, uh, you know, normal Western medicine is, is doing that's not working. Sure. What is working and what is not working? Well, we, we combine therapies. Um, so I'm not, I'm not trying to petition for patients, but um, offices like mine find the root of illness. So um, when you, when you come in the door, the first thing we're going to do is just do proper tests from proper labs to find accurate issues that we need to treat and we target those issues, whether it's Epstein-Barr, Lyme, whether it's just neurotransmitters, whether it's just gut health, um, just candida. I mean, my, my sickest patients are typically bedbound. They're catatonic, they're in wheelchairs, they have feeding tubes. I mean, and it's from these things that we've been talking about. Um, it's not really complicated if you do the proper test. And our treatments are very harmless now. Um, extremely scientific, like antisense therapies, we can, we can use... Um, RNA sequences to turn off bugs. We, uh, just like you, we don't have hepatitis C in America anymore because you use antisense to shut off the replication sequence. So we can do that for many different types of pathogens and it's not harmful. Um, it's not years and years of antibiotics and things like it used to be. Um, we do IV therapies, vitamin C, nutritional therapies. Um, every, every patient is unique and individualized. So it's always it's always set for that patient and there's no easy question. So we, you know, we, we want everything to be done as accurately as possible. Yeah. So, um, like through your treatment that did, mm -hmm. did you get sicker before you got better? I mean, sometimes you do, but nowadays, most of the time you don't much. Yeah. I don't feel like I did get sicker before I got better. It was a, a definitely a, a gradual climb. Yeah. Up. Um, and, and, you know, I, I mean, it took what a year, right? I mean, yeah, my yeah, treatment definitely. was a year. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I, I months to six months to a year, that's, that's pretty normal because we're not band-aiding your symptoms. We're not just giving you a drug to suppress it. We're actually treating it and bringing your immune system back online. Um, at the same time, you're working on your emotions and we have a few books that we like our patients to read to try to you know reset their emotions um and make sure that they're in a healing capacity because i mean my average patient's been sick for 10 20 30 years and uh, they, they just 
They've lost most of their life. They didn't and get ahead of the game. They and can't. They can't find help. Can't, yeah. And and that's that's the thing that I wanted to to just have you come on is because you know those who are out there that are just feeling depressed or feeling tired or just just can't seem to make ends meet with their energy and the things that they want to do I mean you know I always felt like my arms were like two lead buckets you know like I just it it was just so hard to just kind of do what I needed to do around the house and yeah um, even before yeah Yeah. I just felt a heaviness a very yes it's hard to go up the stairs and yes. to lift your arms and we yes. call that we call that bone tired bone tired yes you know I just felt that and it would come and go I had good days and bad days and good days and bad days for for years before this really came to a head you know I mean I, I don't want people to have to go to where I was in January of last year um where uh, you know I just want to curl up into a ball and, and welcome not waking up, you know, um, nobody deserves that or needs to feel that, but you know, that five years prior where I was feeling inflammation coming up and I was having just pain that would migrate around my body. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my, I was my, tired, my, brain fogginess, all yeah. that. Migrating pain is always Bartonella. Fogginess is always Candida. Every time a patient says these things to me, I go, Candida. Oh, Bartonella. Oh, you know, it's easy to put it in its right place so I can treat it properly. Um, but you're, you know, these things that you're saying, you need to really speak out to the world about because it is extremely common to go through this, but people just don't know where to turn. Is there a, a point of no return? Is there a point of no return? Meaning- not, for, not, not for me, there isn't. Um, I mean, I mean, what I mean is you've got patients who are bedridden and on feeding tubes that, you know, they, 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 they've gone really to really a a horrible place. So is there, um, there is a point of no return and their, and their way that they look at their illness. Hmm. Okay. But Physically, we can fix all those things on the inside, but you know, as I remove things off the plate and then the road narrows to the journey and they're still feeling that same way, it becomes more and more and more emotional, more. And, and I really don't have anywhere to, where to put them. Um, I mean, there's, there's coaches like, like you and there's EMDR therapy, there's trauma counseling, um, and there's lights of goods, but their neurofeedback is great for neurological recovery. That's the EMDR. EMDR is a is a uh, it's a psychology um, treatment, um, but it's a trauma desensitization technique, and it's it's scientific. And um, yeah, so point of no return. Yeah, so I talk to patients that I've on paper they they look better and better and better and better and better, but they're still stuck in their illness. Um, I guess that's a good point you make because there maybe is a point of no return for them, but I still think they can, they can flip it. So I'm just thinking about a patient from New Jersey and she was like that. Um, and, and it just gets, I'm like, I don't understand why you're not getting better. And then obviously, you know, you start seeing it more emotional. And then one day somebody goes, I mean, you think in your head, Oh, 
I think I'm getting a little bit better. As soon as you have that thought, wow, your system just sets up this new hierarchy of, of innate wisdom. And then yes. you start turning the corner. It's like, oh, just that one little pivot. Oh, did I have a better day today? Yeah. And then, yeah. oh, I can get better. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can see the light. Have you seen where people have had profound healing almost overnight? Yes. Yes. Um, especially with um, a lot of the females around our area, they, they, they're equestrian and they get Lyme disease through um, horse flies. Okay. And, you know, I, I, I've had many, many bed bound young ladies after SRT treatment, a few days later, a week later, two weeks later, they're back on their horses. It's just, it's easy. It's easy that way. Once you find the right things to treat and get them back on their feet. Well, and it's also too, I, there's people that have just made a decision. Yeah. Yeah. So th these, these, these guys aren't stuck in their illness. Yeah. They're just sick and they want to get better. They want to get over it and get back. They want to get back in the saddle again. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's where I was, you know, I, I wasn't going to, I didn't want to succumb to this. I didn't want this to be me. You know, I, I didn't want it to be, uh, oh, I'm going to be now the, the sick one that everybody's got to take care of, yeah. you know. Um, that's, that's a great point is to how do you, how do you help people get out of their, get out of their illness and not help? How, how do you remove that identity from somebody when all they know is being sick? and they lose their happiness and they're depressed, um, all the symptoms you had. And how do you set up the hierarchy? If you can give me some, some pointers one day, that would be great. We could work together on this. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's, it's definitely like with my, my CREATE happy now, the CREATE is an acronym. And the first part of it, the C is choose to change. And if you don't choose to change, then you're it's all up to you you know it's it's up to you to choose to change and there's nothing that you can do to change somebody else's mind about it other than giving them some evidence of other success stories you know i think that that has um i think that's profound in saying that oh others have been able to do it if they want to if they don't want to, or they can't see themselves being better ever, then it's not going to happen. But if they know, oh, it could happen, they can get better. It is possible. And they choose that, that, that for themselves as their path, then, you know, it, it can happen and it can take in the timeline that they, right. that they believe it's all about their belief, um, you I'm know, choose to change. I'm going to, make make my patient sign a waiver choose to change <laughs> it, absolutely i mean you, you you have to be on board with what what is the the end result i mean what's a day in the life in the future that you want to have and write it out in detail um yeah. and that is very profound exercise and maybe that might be something that your patients can do you know let's visualize what's going to be like once you're well what are you going to be doing? Right. Where are you going to be? Who are you going to be with? Um, what are the things you're going to be able to do? What are you going to be able to enjoy? Right. Um, right. 
have them write out a day in the life of that. Um, what does it look like? Even just a normal day, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, unbelievable, but it can be a believable story and ways that you are grateful because you got to flow that, that grateful energy. Absolutely. Yes. You've got to, um, be grateful that you exist and that you have the opportunity for health right i mean i i thanked you for everything that you've ever done for me and my family um you've you've created a lot of healing uh for my daughter and and myself and i i appreciate you that i you know i can come to you when i don't know what's wrong you know and i know that i can trust that um and and so if you trust in the treatment, I, I think that's huge because Absolutely. you know you can take a placebo and get better, or you can go, this isn't going to work, and take it, and it'll work for somebody else because they believe it's going to work, and you go, I don't believe this is going to work, and so then yeah. it won't. You have to trust in your practitioner, and you have to have hope. Without those two things, it's just not going to work. Exactly. Exactly. And and the thing is, is that happiness is not um supposed to be relying upon your where you are who you're with what you have it it starts within you it's not yeah Yeah, um it's not an external thing yeah nobody else is supposed to make you happy right and and in turn you're not responsible for anybody else's happiness either that's hard that's hard to do for some people it is but it's not because you have to you can want to do things for other because that's that that's pleasurable for you and you like to see their delight and the things that you're doing for them but in giving you can be happy yes yes and and not the not giving in thinking you're going to get anything in return. Right. Exactly. Honestly. Right. Right. Um, and, and I think another thing that is huge is patience with yourself, you know, like, um, there were so many things that I was like, I don't have the energy to do yet, yet. Cause I felt overwhelmed all the time. Yeah, your bucket, your bucket was full, everything. And and I still have a little PTSD about getting overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I just like, I can do this, you know, and, and you have, I can't you have, do it. You have um, your speed bumps too, you know? Yeah. You have your speed bumps. And then you, you revert back to, oh my gosh, is it coming back again? You have to go, no, it's just a speed bump. We all, we all have speed bumps. I'm tired today. It's just because I'm tired. Maybe I overdid yesterday. It's okay. You know what? I'll just rest today and I will do what I wanted to do. I'll just reschedule it. Exactly. And you're just, um, and, and be grateful that you're able to take that time and you need to delegate, delegate people to help you. Don't for, don't not ask for help, you know? And, And that was my mistake early on because here I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I was, I was a depressed happiness coach. Yeah. 
I was embarrassed. I was like, I can't, I can't get myself out of this. I don't know. Like what, you, if, can't, you know, you can't think through it and all the rules that you know how to do you're doing them right, but it's cause these underlying viruses, it's a body thing, uh, it's the yeah. physical thing, chemi chemistries. Right. And so, but I asked for help, you know, I didn't have the energy to do some things. And so I had to ask for help, um, instead of beating myself up because I couldn't. And I, and I just had to say, you know, it, this is just temporary. I don't know what's wrong, but I just need help until I can figure this out. Right. Um, and, and I think, and, and then try to wean yourself off that help, um, and, and celebrate that, Yeah. you know, yeah, and, sure. and, and not succumb to the, uh, victim role Mentality. of the, yeah. of the illness. You're right. Um, here, that's here, easy to do. Here I am. This is where I'm always going to be. Life isn't going to be any better. I just need to go close up and just go away. Yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. that's the that's the fight, and and that's what we're become cheerleaders for a lot of patients. Just yeah. trying to motivate them that way. Yeah, but I'm glad you I'm glad you feel so much better. I mean, it's I got to watch you go from the top to the bottom back to the top, and it's it's kind of sorry, but it's kind of cool to see. But you know that journey always makes you better for other people. So you have a different empathetic situation there. Well, you know, what's really funny is that I was feeling so great in 2020. Um, I mean, it was right in the middle of COVID and I was having a great year, <laughs> even though it was COVID, um, other than um, just having to wear a mask everywhere and, um, you know, just, running out of toilet paper, <laughs> um, uh, you know, just, um, that kind of thing. And, and the fear of the unknown, you know, uh, yeah. but once, um, but, but that wasn't really, it wasn't getting me emotionally upset, um, per se, I guess. And, uh, but I was like, I was feeling so great that I was like, I don't know if I can relate to people who are struggling and careful what you wish for. So <laughs> the universe decided to say, okay, here's, let's, let's do this. Let's let you go through a journey. <laughs> and, yeah. um, whoops. So I, I, you know, to be, I'm kind of glad I went through it to be honest with you, because now I have that, um, I think a lot of people, this is why they don't feel happy. This is why they don't feel happy. Um, because they don't feel good. They don't feel good and there's so many things in this world not making you feel good and it's hard to rise above it um we don't know how to get better and it could be physical it could be physical so right. but um i just want to thank you so much for uh joining me today and uh i always ask all of my guests if they can provide one of their favorite quotes and what's your favorite happy hack Happy hack. Happy hack for me is being on the water. We live on a we live on a big lake, and you know, as soon as we're done, I'm putting on my bathing suit and going to put my feet in the water. Um, my a quote that that's one of my favorites is actually one of mine, and it's God made the body perfect; He did not make it to fail. So, in that light, the way I look at someone is that if you're going through these hard times, 
typically it's your body trying to heal you. You're not sick. It's a, it's a way that our creator made us to, to heal. I mean, fatigue, you need to slow down. You need to listen to your body. There's something wrong. Um, we can get through these things. So um, um, another hack is music. I play drums, guitar. Um, my family does. We all play music. So, you know, that's, that's really fun. So um, I guess that's where I find most of my happiness, but my feet earthing, getting grounded, because I need to ground every day before I go to the next day. Get out to nature. You know, mm -hmm. it's, um, that's where we're supposed to be, you know, yeah. uh, inside yeah. um, in a man-made constructed building. We're supposed to be out in nature. And I think that definitely was a huge factor in my, um, I, I decided to get out and I, I would go for a walk, even if it was just down to the, you know, end of the end of the block, you know, a few houses down the back. From my door to my car, from the car to the office, I take a little bit of time. I sit in the sun. I just breathe for a few minutes. Just find that peaceful place. Feel the energy come in, go in and uh, give as much as we can. There's also, you know, I try not to give mine. I try to give that energy mm -hmm. to, to everybody. So um, you got to find how to give to the, from the right place too. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. And, um, you know, I'd love to have you on the show again. Um, and, you know, sometime and, but I, I just thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge. Um, like I said, you know, I, I just, I trusted you with my life and you gave it back. And I just, I thank you for that. You're going to make me blush and run away. <laughs> Well, you know, I, mean, I remember one time, one of my visits to you, I, I don't remember what was wrong with, with me at the time, but um, I, you were, a visit to you was a, a Valentine's present for my boyfriend. <laughs> remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, it was like the best Valentine's Day present ever because I was suffering from, I think it was my frozen shoulder at the time or something. Um, uh, they, I was told I was going to have to have surgery and you were like, nope. nope. <laughs> and I never did. And it's like, I never had it. So, um, so yeah. So, um, thank you again. Very and, welcome. uh, Very I really appreciate it. And, um, uh, I, I hope that I don't have to make an appointment with you anymore. I but... know. <laughs> I don't, I, you're dismissed. <laughs> But I will miss you and uh, we'll, we'll definitely stay in touch for yeah, sure. Um, absolutely. And, and maybe someday we'll be neighbors if I, if I end up moving back to your, your neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, come on. come on back up to North Georgia. Yes. Yeah. Thank so. you so much. I appreciate the time and energy. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Create Happy Now podcast. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you are watching on YouTube, hit that notification bell. If you have a topic to suggest, leave a comment below. Catch the Create Happy Now podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podbean, Amazon Radio, and iHeartRadio. Check out other YouTube videos on the Create Happy Now YouTube channel. And if you want more, check down below for links to resources, courses, and events, or go to www.createhappynow.com.